been enjoying this series that we've been teaching on here. I've actually started teaching this on the radio program as well, and I've never done that before. I always have something different, but this last week, the radio program that's coming up on Monday will be right along the lines of talking about the kingdom. And this is the first time that they have converged, but man, this is so big in my heart. Right now, I feel like it's a real nigh word for the body of Christ. Um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28, it says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. A kingdom which cannot be shaken. How many know we're living in a time when there's all kinds of shaking going on? And uh, there, there's, there's shaking in every conceivable way. And um, they're, they're, you know, what people would call uncertain times. I don't think I've ever looked at the leadership of the world. And I don't mean for just in America. I mean it for all over the world. I don't think anybody really knows what to do. And they're all kind of scrambling and they're all kind of confused. And, you know, on the other side of the pandemic and all the things that have happened. And there's just all kinds of shaking that's going on. And, um, but... But how many know that our kingdom doesn't shake? It's really important to understand that. The kingdom that's on the inside of you, it's not a kingdom that shakes. Um, the kingdom that's within you is more stable than the American government. The kingdom that's within you is more stable than the dollar. Um, the kingdom that's within you is more stable than any company. Uh, the kingdom that's within you is actually more stable than the very earth itself. How many know that the earth will pass away? I mean, oh, the sun will pass away. Everything that you can see, um, it's going to pass away. But this kingdom that's been placed inside of you, how I many know oh, there's eternity that's been placed in you? There's something eternal on the inside of you. And this kingdom, it lasts forever. Um, we see it in the book of Daniel where they're talking about the different kingdoms and how this kingdom's going to come and that kingdom's going to come. But then there's a rock that comes that's not carved or made with man's hands, and it comes and it annihilates all the kingdoms of the earth. And out of that rock becomes a new kingdom. I mean, all that rock is talking about Jesus. And so you have something inside of you that can't be shaken and is eternal. But how I many it's so important to access that? You know, because that kingdom's within you, and we know that that kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. And we want to access that kingdom on the inside of us so that we don't have to be tossed with the wind and the waves. We don't have to be worried. We don't have to be concerned. We don't have to be afraid. And our, our mood does not go up and down based upon the stock market, based upon what they're saying on the news. Um, how many know you need something more stable than the opinions of man? And so there's a kingdom within you, and um, that kingdom has been placed there by the Lord. The primary message of Jesus was the message of the kingdom. He was always saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That word repent means to change your mind, change the way you do things. You know, I was looking at in the book of Acts, and really they were just super excited. They thought he was going to remove the Roman government and set up a new kingdom. And he was actually, he had a different plan. He was going to set up a kingdom um, that was going to span, you know, thousands of years. I mean, the kingdom of God has been on the earth since Jesus was raised again from the dead, right? And it's been working, and it's been moving. And uh, I'm an example of the kingdom. I used to be anti-Christ. I used to be anti-God. Um, I spoke out heavily against Christianity. I was an atheist, and uh, I mocked Christians. I made fun of Christians. Um, I, I made Christians cry. Um, I was an enemy. I was. I mean, I was an enemy to the kingdom, and look at me. Here I am. I've been preaching the gospel for over 20 years now because the kingdom was stronger than my rebellion, 
And how many of the kingdom came in and brought light into me and life into me, and now I'm in the kingdom because the kingdom consumed me, and now my whole life is built around the kingdom of God. And so I say all that to say that the kingdom is stronger than the rebellion of man. Can I get an amen? How many of the light is stronger than darkness, right? And so um, good news, man, and this kingdom's on the inside of you, and we want to, we want to access that kingdom. We want to learn how to operate in it. And, you know, one of the examples that I gave was I talked about how I'm always buying my mom a GPS, and my mom's got a GPS, and it's sitting on her dash. It's a Garmin GPS. It's a nice GPS, but she never uses it. And so because of the fact that she never used it, she stays lost. <laughs> God love her. And, uh, she, and I've gotten her cell phones, and she won't use her cell phone. And so she has the power to get where she's going and to communicate, but she doesn't use it. And, and so how many know that, that, that we have the kingdom within us, but how many know we may have not always accessed the kingdom? And so what we've been looking at is really is how to access it and how to operate in it um, so that we are not shaken. Because how I many know you ever, you ever almost fell and you reached out and grabbed somebody and they kept you from falling? We've all done that. Everybody in here has had a time in their life when they've done that. Well, how many of you know there are people who are falling and they need to reach out and grab onto somebody that's stable? And, and, the, the, and those stable people, that's us. Not because of our strength and not because of our ability, but because the kingdom is on the inside of us. I mean, Jesus is our king. And Jesus is not nervous. Jesus is not worried. I mean, Jesus is very stable and seated on the throne in heaven. Amen. And so we have the ability through the kingdom of God to bring some stability into people's lives. And I fully believe that it's a time when the kingdom is to be um, expressed out in the earth, not just in church. Thank God for church. We come to church. We get fed, and, and we come, and we share our gifts and stuff like that, and it's beautiful, and it's wonderful, and I'm grateful for it. The Bible says that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves so much more. You see the day approach. Why is that? Because there are lies everywhere, and you be, we should believe what's coming from the pulpit more than what's coming from the media. Can I get an amen? So we need to come together. We need to encourage each other. We need to uh, exhort each other to walk in love and to not be offended and, and to allow the kingdom to advance, but 99% of ministries out there, we need the kingdom in Walmarts. We need the kingdom in the gas station. We need the kingdom in our, in our jobs, in our workplaces. We need the kingdom operating in our family because the world is looking for something and everything they're grabbing is a lie. They're trying to grab onto this. I mean, the entertainment industry is real good at keeping, is entertaining people to death. I mean, that's what it does. I mean, it's the entertainment industry and um, it, it's a, it attracts people because it has an element of beauty to it. Um, it has an element of uh, talent to it and all of these things. But how many of you in the entertainment industry, they're feeding deaf? And then people, they spend all their days just consumed with the entertainment industry. And, and how many know that, that that thing is prepackaged, take your money, and kill you? And, and that's the purpose behind it. And, and um, the, the entertainment industry, they can... They can numb you from what you're currently dealing with, but how many know they don't have answers? They just have lies upon lies upon lies upon lies. And so it's time for the kingdom of God to be displayed in the land. How many know that's what Jesus did when he came to the earth? He displayed the kingdom. He, we've looked at it these past couple of weeks. He walked around as a king, and whatever he said happened, he exercised power and authority over darkness. He exercised power and authority over sickness. He exercised power and authority over lack. He exercised power. He was just in power the whole time, and nobody could stop him. 
The Pharisees couldn't stop him. The Sadducees couldn't stop him. The Roman Empire couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't stop him. Uh, People betraying him within his ranks couldn't stop him. Nobody could stop him until he decided to stop and lay his life down. And when he laid his life down, he said, I'm just going to be a seed, and I'm going to be sown, and then there are going to be many righteous sons and daughters who are going to rise up from me sowing myself as a seed on the cross so that the kingdom wouldn't be contained in one man, but the kingdom would be passed like a baton from man to man to man, from woman to woman to woman. I mean, all of us are an example of that. You're here today because you've been touched by the kingdom. You're here today because the kingdom is on the inside of you. And we need a display of the kingdom in the earth. And what does the kingdom look like? It looks like righteousness, peace, and joy. How many know in the kingdom there's a, there's a sense of peace and stability? And I say this all the time, but how many of the righteous are bold as a lion? How many of the boldness of a lion is not the same as the boldness of a chihuahua? We've had a lot of chihuahua Christians yapping, trying to, trying to convince everybody. Listen, if you're convinced and you know, you don't got to convince anybody. And out of that, out of rest is where your strength comes from. When you, are, when you know that you know and you don't have to have somebody else know in order for you to feel comfortable, that's the boldness of a lion. How many know a lion's boldness is displayed in his rest? If you look at a lion, he's always chilling because he's not threatened by anyone. He knows he's king. And so in the days ahead, what if God could bring a stability inside of us to where we weren't scared like everybody else was. And we weren't worried, but we walked around and had a sense of stability. And we weren't known by our T-shirt or our bumper sticker or our Caleb sticker. We were known because we were different. Because people would see something in us. They would see the kingdom in us. They're like, wait a minute, these people aren't scared. Wait a minute, these people aren't afraid. And instead of pointing people to our denomination or non-denomination or even our church, we would point people to Jesus so that the kingdom could advance. I mean, the kingdom's bigger than a church. Gosh, it's so much bigger than a church. And we've gotten this mindset, we got to build a church, we got to build a church, we got to build a church. Man, like if your only goal is to build a church, you've missed the entire point of the kingdom of God. Thank God for church. I'm thankful for church. I'm thankful for when people come to church. But it's not the primary mission. The mission is bigger than these four walls. Can I get an amen? The kingdom is looking to take over. And we're not going to take over with violence. We're not a kingdom that, that exercises violence. How I many know we have righteousness, peace, and joy? And I said this a couple weeks ago, but there's a joy that's going to come to the body of Christ that's going to give the body of Christ a strength. How I many know the joy of the Lord is your strength? And it's also going to make the church or the kingdom attractive. How I many know there's been way too many sad Christians? walking around sad, disgruntled, and mad and offended. We don't look any different than the world. We just have a different T-shirt on. No, there's a joy that's coming on the children of God. How many of God said there's a glorious liberty that was going to come upon us, that all creation was groaning and travailing, waiting for this glorious liberty, this freedom, this joy that was going to be on display? Because here's the thing everybody wants. Everybody wants to be happy. But most people are trying to buy happiness. How many know you can't buy it? Have you noticed that things can't make you happy? Have you noticed that people can't make you happy? That's a, that's a longer lesson. First, we think things. Oh, I just need a new pair of shoes. Oh, I just need blah, 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 blah. Every time you get something, it gets old. 
They would think, well, I just need a person to make me happy. That gets old, too. It's the truth. Come on, Dan. Ain't nobody in this room can make you happy. It's not their job to make you happy. If you, if, if, if you think somebody's job is to make you happy, A, you're going to be super disappointed. And B, that's way too much pressure for a human being to bear. A human being can't make you happy. Amen. The only person that can do this is Jesus. And so the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Okay? And that joy is a joy, I believe, that's coming to the body of Christ. There's going to be celebration in the house of God. There's going to be, it's not going to be boring. Yeah, you know, I was preaching to a bunch of football players. And because uh, I do like FCA and stuff like that. And I was preaching to these kids. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not following the little devotional they give me. I'm just preaching the gospel, you know. And this kid's like, he's like, man, he's like, I, I really like what you're saying. He's like, I, he's like, I really like God. He said, but church is boring. I was like, I know, man. <laughs> and all the, and the, one of the coaches, the pastor, he looked at me like, you're not supposed to say that, man. That's not in the book. But it's true. How many of church can be boring? How many of shouldn't be, though? How many know when Jesus was on the earth, it was never boring? There was never a dull moment with Jesus. I mean, he was either raising somebody from the dead, casting out a devil, or healing the sick, you know, or people were trying to kill him. Like, it was an intense, wild ride with Jesus. And um, the kingdom is exciting. It's not this boring thing. There's a joy, there's a strength, there's a power that God has. How many of the kingdom of God is different than man-made religion? How many of man-made religion is boring? And it'll kill you. It'll suck the life out of you, man. It'll make you think. It'll, it'll, don't even get me started. But, but it's different. How many of you know man-made religion is what crucified Jesus? The Romans didn't want to crucify Jesus. They wanted to set him free. Pilate was scared of Jesus. You know why he was scared of Jesus? Because Jesus carried himself as a king. Jesus didn't have the boldness of a chihuahua. Jesus had the boldness of a lion. Because Pilate was like, hey, man, uh, don't you know I can take your life? And Jesus is just like. <laughs> in, in his mind, he's probably thinking, this guy. <laughs> he has no idea who I am. And Jesus is like, come on. Or, no, Pilate's like, aren't you going to say something? And he stops for just a moment. He's like, look, man, I can call 12 legions of angels right now. And then it totally freaked Pilate out. And then from that point on, he was trying to, get, he was trying to set Jesus free. Pilate was freaked out. Pilate's wife was freaked out. But man-made religion was crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. How many of you there's a difference between the kingdom and man-made religion? And I'm telling you right now, in the day and age that we're living in, that difference is just going to get more and more pronounced. Man-made religion is offended at joy, is offended at freedom. See, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's freedom. In the absence of the Spirit of the Lord, you know what is there? Control. Control. You know, the pastor is not supposed to control the people. That's not the pastor's job. The pastor's job is to really try to step out of the way and let the people have their own relationship with Jesus. Okay, get an amen. Because see, you, this is New Testament Christianity. You have your own relationship with God. You hear God. I don't hear God for you. You hear God. Now you'll hear God out of my mouth at times, and it'll complement what God's saying to you in your heart. But at the end of the day, you hear God for you better than anybody else does. How I many you know you brought God in here with you when you came? How I many you know this building is not what carries God? You are the building that carries God. 
You are the temple, the living God. He's living on the inside of you. Can I get an amen? And so there's a joy that's coming. There's a display of the kingdom, and it's bigger than any church. But it's the only thing that's going to work. Because if you'll notice, it hasn't been working. What has currently been happening in the earth, I mean, if you statistically, it looks like Christianity's dying. If you look at the statistics, I just laugh at that stuff, man. How many know God always sets the stage before he flexes? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's always like, oh, I'm getting ready. <laughs> I mean, if you look, it's always looked like all hell was going to break loose and everybody was going to die. How many of y'all, that's kind of like the theme of the Bible? Like, We're all going to die. And then all of a sudden, boom, God comes. <laughs> Red Sea parts, everything happens. How many of the same thing is going to happen right here in America? And it's going to be a grassroots movement. It's going to be from the ground up. Nobody's going to be able to put their name on it and take control of it and say they made it up. We're all just going to be able to ride the wave. It's going to be fantastic, man. I've been waiting my whole life on it. It's good news, isn't it? And so, but it's, the, but it's the display of the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy. And so the number one thing about the kingdom is you have to understand, and I was talking about earlier, how many know that if you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you're right with God? You have to understand that's key. That's, the, that's, that's where the rubber meets the road. You're right with God. How many know I'm not more right with God because I'm a preacher? I mean, there's no one in this room that's any better than anybody else. There's no one in this room that's any more right with God than anybody else. I love saying that because people, when I go to a different church and I preach and I say that, everyone's like, you know, that's right. Because we've been so conditioned to think that the row in front of you is more holier than your row. We've been so conditioned to think that this is the most anointed and then everyone gets progressively less anointed. That's not how the king, I mean, that's not how a body works. How many know this pinky is just as much Jeremiah as the thumb or as the ear or as the nose? How many know you're in Christ? You didn't get a lesser piece of Jesus. You got the same blood, the same spirit, the same Christ. Can I get an amen? The more we get a hold of that, the less we'll, we'll step out of hero worship and spectatorship. I mean, you're not called to be a spectator. How I many you're called to be act, you're activated? How I many of your prayers avail just as much as my prayer does? Can I get an amen? You're just as anointed as I am. Amen? There's no, and, and, and we've had this concept that there was different levels of rightness with God, and there's not. How I many of the thief on the cross, when he received Jesus as Lord and Savior, he became the righteousness of God in Christ. And he was not less righteous than Peter, James, or John, or Paul, or you. How I many of there aren't different levels of righteousness? Real important to understand. There's not different levels. You're either the righteousness of God and you're alive, or you're spiritually dead. It's like a light switch. I mean, we can turn the lights on, we can turn the lights off. When I was a drug addict, atheist, alcoholic, my, life, my light was off. When I received Jesus as Lord and Savior, blink, my light came on. Now I'm righteous. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It does not ebb and flow or wane. It's a, it's a finished work. Your right standing with God is not a behavior. Your right standing with God is a person. Yeah, it's good news. He's a, it's a person. And, 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 and th this is the primary attack of the enemy. Most of the doctrines of the devil that are created in hell is to try to attack the cornerstone of the finished work of the cross. Because if God can get you to doubt whether you're, excuse me, if the enemy can doubt, get you to doubt whether you're right with God or not, you're not going to have any confidence. And you're not going to have peace. And you're certainly not going to have joy. Because you're going to feel like God is against you or God is mad at you. And you're going to be under condemnation. Anybody ever been under condemnation before? 
All of us have. It's the primary attack of the enemy. It's the number one thing that he does. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's always going to try to bring you under condemnation. Why? Because he's trying to shield that Christ on the inside of you. Because, boy, when people see Jesus, it's over. I mean, you get, you see, I was an atheist for a long time, and once I realized who Jesus was, game over. I'm in love with this guy. He's my Savior. I'll follow him to the ends of the earth. He's everything I've ever wanted. When you see him. But I didn't see him. I saw a man-made religion. I saw a veil. I saw rules. I saw regulations. I saw mean, holier-than-thou, self-righteous people judging me and condemning me. I thought, forget y'all. I don't want none of, nothing that y'all got to do. But once I finally caught a glimpse of Jesus, I was like, oh, how many of you've always yearned for Jesus? Yeah, you have. Everything out there yearns for Jesus. He made everything. All things are created by him. All things are created for him. The grass blades yearn for Jesus. The cattle on the hill, they yearn for Jesus. The trees, when you see the wind blow, they're praising Jesus. The sunset is glorifying Jesus. Everything is glorifying Jesus. Everything is. He's everything. He's everything. And so the enemy has to work overtime into trying to hide him. Because if, man, if Jesus was just left unchecked and the body of Christ knew that they were the righteousness of God in Christ and they knew that they were forgiven and condemnation was far from them, they would have great peace and great joy and great boldness and the whole world will be saved in a very short period of time. And so he has to try to darken our minds and us thinking that God's against us or God's mad at us or we have hoops that we have to jump through or we have T's that we have to cross and I's that we have to dot and this perfect thing. He, if he can get you focused on you, you'll lose the power and the reality of what Jesus did on the cross. All of man-made religion, and they're not, I don't think they're doing it on purpose, but their goal is to get you focused on you. Well, have you read your Bible enough this week? Have you given enough? Was your church attendance enough? Were you kind? Were you, 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 you? And if you're honest, the answer would always be no. <laughs> I haven't. I've been cool sometimes, and I've totally sucked at times this week. If you're honest, but you're not taught to be honest, you're taught to be fake. And you're, and you're taught to put on a mask. And everybody's wearing masks, but secretly everyone inside is condemned. And nobody feels like they're good enough, so they all compete against each other in the spiritual Olympics, stab each other in the back, use each other, hurt each other. And the house of God is a den of thieves and not a place of relationship. And man, the Lord is tossing the temple tables in the day and age that we're living in. The gospel always shuts all of that down. Because the reality is, it's not about us, it's about Jesus. I mean, oh, he did it. But what legalism does, it'll get your attention on you, or it'll get you, your attention on the person up here. Well, I am awesome. And you need to be more like me. Because I'm awesome. <laughs> and for three easy payments of $19.99, you can be awesome just like me. How I many know oh, man-made religion costs a whole lot more than that? If it was just three easy payments of $19.99, we'd all had it a long time ago, wouldn't we? Well, there's no end to it. Because you're trying to sell something that's free. I mean, we are all earthen vessels. The power is from the Lord. The glory is from the Lord. And once again, there's nobody in this room any better than anybody else. 
See, the kingdom annihilates those concepts. And I'm not saying it's good to give into ministries. It's good to bless people. But you're not trying to buy something from God. Who, who picked up the tab on your redemption? Jesus, the blood of the lamb. You going to stuff your dollar bill in the blood? I mean, oh, that's gross. <laughs> to think that you can add something to the finished work of the cross. It's insulting. How I many know oh, it's free? Everybody say it's free. There ain't nothing in this book that you can buy. You can't buy it with your money. You can't buy it with your good behavior. You can't buy it with your church attendance. You can't buy it with your good deeds. It's all been made free. Now, when you get it, how I many of you freely we receive, freely we give? Can I get an amen? And so, like, but we get it for free. And there's no middleman. The middleman's been dismissed. Amen? You see somebody putting a price tag on the things of the kingdom, I would encourage you to run away because that person's a thief. Amen. And so anyway, and so the kingdom is openly being displayed in the earth, and it's just going to get stronger and stronger, and it's going to provide a greater sense of stability. It's going to help you out personally. It's going to help those around you because you don't have to be afraid. But it begins with understanding that you're right with God. You have to know that you're right with God. And see, never ask yourself, have I done enough to be right with God? How many of you ask the wrong way to look at it? Ask yourself, did Jesus do enough for you to be right with God? And that answer, of course, is yes. And so the issue is basically settled. You're right with God because of Jesus. Jeremiah, why do you say this all the time? Because we all struggle to believe it. We all struggle. I don't care. I've been preaching this for probably 15 years. And there's still a fight of faith to believe that this is a reality. And so even when I say it, I can see, I can watch condemnation being wiped off of your head. And so I just keep saying it. So how many of faith comes by hearing here by the word of Christ? Jesus did a good job. You're the righteousness of God. But you understanding that is what allows you to operate in the kingdom. And then how many know if you know that you're right with God? Yeah, peace. thousand tornadoes can be coming against you. But if you know the creator of the universe is standing with you, peace be still. Amen. All, all the disciples had to know is that Jesus was with them. How many know we're the same? You can't see him now because he's in you. And he's with you. And he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. Righteousness, peace, and then out of that place is joy. What if we actually started having fun as Christians? Gee, somebody might want to hang out with us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, when I was in high school, I was looking at Christians, I'd be like, I ain't sitting at that table. They were like, just, ugh. No. No thanks. But God is a God of joy and celebration. And he wants to bring that into his people. Amen. And so we found that, and then Matthew, you don't have to turn there because we need to get where we're going here. Turn to Matthew chapter 6 to help me out, please. So I can stay on track. Amen. But I don't know, it's just like a living on the inside of me. And sometimes I just got to be like, rah, for a little bit, and then we can get back over it. But it also, it brings us all on the same page. It gets us all to the same uh, understanding and clarity. But we found out that the God, that the Lord's will is heaven on earth. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9, it says, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so that's kind of been our springboard verse for this whole thing. And 
God's will. And I'm not saying from an eschatological perspective or anything like that. I'm, not, I'm just saying like God's will. Like how many know God's will is being done in heaven? How many know there's no cancer in heaven? There's no depression in heaven. There's no lack in heaven. There's no poverty in heaven. There's no unpaid bills in heaven. There are no tears in heaven. That's God's will. Jesus said pray that God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if you look out and you see something that doesn't look like heaven, as an ambassador of heaven, it's your job to stand against that. When you see death, you speak life. <clears throat> when you see sickness, you pray, you take authority. If someone's dealing with demons, you cast the demon out. If you see strife, if you see all the works of the enemy, how many of the light inside of you is greater than the darkness is in the world? You're down here on assignment. Your primary thing is not your job. It's not your primary thing. Your primary thing is like you're an ambassador from another place. You're an ambassador from a land that's actually invading this land and taking this land over. It's interesting. Isn't it? I mean, it's what's happening. It's like, like God is he's invading the earth. Heaven is invading. I mean, that's why we worship like that. I mean, the presence of God was beautiful in here today. I mean, heaven is like shining down and you experience that. When we do our outreaches, we do our outreaches at the shelter and stuff. You know, we get to that place of worship, you know, there's all kinds of battle. You're outside, there's, you know, there's people dealing with drug addiction, there's prostitution, there's all this stuff going on. But boy, when the presence comes down, when the pre we're, set, we're all holding hands and we're praying until so the presence comes down, it's like, whoo, the whole land has changed. Everything's different. What happened? Heaven invaded earth. How did it invade earth? It came through us. Lift up your everlasting gates. Lift up your everlasting doors. Let the king of glory come through. How I many of oh, you are carrying king, the kingdom? And when we praise, when we worship, how I many we, we just release the kingdom? Now, it's not, it's not us. How I many of oh, it's the king? Can you get an amen? I'm not trying to get, you know, you got to balance all these things. But the king wants to come out because he got some things to do. How when the king comes out, prostitutes stop being prostitutes and they become disciples. When the king comes out, people get set free from addiction. Can you get an amen? And so this, <clears throat> the will of God is days of heaven on earth. How I many know oh, God wants days of heaven on earth in your, in your life, in your marriage, with your kids? Amen. Like heaven, boy. And so it's in you. And so like, and so we, we realize, number one, that this authority, how I many know oh, in the kingdom there's authority? There's power. When Jesus spoke, he freaked. I mean, the, the, the Pharisees and Sadducees would come and be like, who gave you this authority? Because he didn't have the education that they had. He didn't have the lineage that they had. He was just a carpenter. But yet, you saw Jesus in operation, you're like, this guy's the boss. The wind obeyed him. The, the waves obey him. Everything obeys him, right? And so, in the kingdom, you have authority. And how many of that authority is expressed through your words? Those are the things that we've been looking at this week, okay? So, in the kingdom, you have authority. That authority wants to flow through you. How many of God wants to speak through you? What do you need to speak? You need to see that, say the same thing that God has said about you, about your kids, about our nation. Don't, don't curse stuff. I'm not talking about curse words. I'm talking about speaking evil. Don't speak evil of things. Don't be negative. Don't speak. When Jesus cursed the fig tree, Peter, how many of it dried up? What did he say? Did he come by and say, I curse you, fig tree? No, he said, no more fruit on you. 
hereafter forever. <clears throat> I mean, well, Jesus spoke something negative over that fig tree, and it dried up and died. So don't speak negative over your spouse. Don't speak negative over your children. Don't speak negative over your country. Don't speak neg Speak life. Speak what God has said. And don't speak negative over yourself. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. The enemy has zero authority. He hijacks man's authority. You know the reason we're seeing all the crazy stuff in the world that's happening right now? Have you ever noticed that all the music is geared towards death and violence? So you have stadiums filled with human beings who have authority, even whether they're saved or not. If, if you're in a, in, a, in a human body, you have a level of authority in the land. Demons, they don't have authority. Even angels don't have authority. We have authority. God gave us the authority. That's why God came as a man to restore the authority. This created world, this solid world, human beings have authority. And so the enemy has riled people up, and they're speaking death and speaking death and speaking violence. And so we're just seeing it happen, right? So, because they're, us they're using their authority against them. But how many know that you have authority as a person that's right with God? Come on, as a person that's the righteousness of God, you have tremendous authority. And so we've been looking at this for the past couple of weeks, and, and all of this authority is based upon identity. This is key. Not earning it or deserving it, just simply identity. And this is the example that I, I've used. How many know that Prince Charles isn't Prince Charles anymore? He's King Charles. Why is he king? Because of his bloodline. Because he was born that way, right? And so this kingdom that you have, I mean, it was given to you as a result of a new birth. You've been born again, right? Right? Been born again. Born again, a new creation. Born again, the righteousness of God. And so this kingdom and its ability to flow through you is based upon the fact that you have a new identity. Can you get an amen? And so it can't be taken away from you. You've got it. It's an eternal work that's been done on the inside of you. Now, let's get into what we have for today. Matthew chapter 6, and I know that was like a 30-minute review, and that's okay because that, we don't have that much to really cover this morning. But um, I just want to get this inside of you because I want it working in your life. I, don't, I, just, I want you to have this in your life because we need it. We need the kingdom operative in our life. And, and, and here's the thing that I want to talk about. See, in the kingdom... I mean, everyone is all, you know, just talking fear about supply. Supply of gas, supply of food, you know, supply of medicine, supply, supply, supply. I mean, you know, the world is in a state <clears throat> of scarcity and famine, okay? And they're talking recession, and they're talking downturn, and they're talking all of these things, right? Here's the thing. The kingdom that you're in has no concept of lack. The kingdom that you are in, there's, there's no lack in the kingdom. How I many you know in heaven the, the, the lights aren't dimming because of the, the, you know, the gas problems in Russia? How I many you know that there is no, there's no lack in God's kingdom? Man, somebody please say amen to that. <laughs> there's no lack. And so... You are, and, and listen, you may have been taught some of this stuff before and it was used to take your money. Um, that's not happening here today. 
So don't get nervous. Yeah, just, you know what I'm saying? Just like, please, just, you know. How I many you know if, if, if something has been used to abuse you, you get nervous when it gets pulled out? You know, if you, were, if you were hit with a bat as a kid or something like that, how many of you get scared of bats? If you were abused by something, and there's certain portions of Scripture, I mean, I've experienced this myself, that I've been abused with certain portions of Scripture, so when people start to talk about these things, I would just kind of shut off and go into my safe place because I've been hurt. But how many of the Scripture is true, whether people's interpretation of it was true or not? And here's the bottom line. If you can, there's a place in the kingdom of God where God wants to supply you through his kingdom, so you don't have to be afraid of lack. So you don't have to be afraid of, of gas prices. So you don't have to be afraid of food stuff. See, this is an important part of the message of the kingdom because God wants to use your life to help people. See, a part of you being stable, how I many of you know God wants to bring a financial stability into your life? To make you financially stable, so that someone who's not financially stable, when if they're reeling and they're having trouble and they can't pay their bills or they're having a hard time, they can reach out and grab onto you and the kingdom that's within you. And how many know you can be somebody else's miracle? You can help somebody. You can, you can pay somebody's bill, man. You can pay somebody's mortgage. I'm telling you that things like that are really going to open the door for some evangelism in the, in the times that we're living in. Just, just people just in need, and no one is helping them. But God says, my kingdom's in you, and I'll lead you to meet their need. And then when they start to come to you, you direct them to me. Yep. You, don't, you don't ever take credit for anything. You have zero, you don't get any credit. None. <laughs> Not when it's done correctly. When it's done correctly, how many of you Jesus Christ gets all the credit? He gets all the glory. He's the one who does. Anything that you have, God gave it to you. I don't care what it is. He's the one who gave it to you. So that when you pour it into some, I mean, that also makes it easier to give because you can, you know that you didn't earn it in the first place, right? And so God is going to bring people into your life. But we have to be established in the kingdom so that we can enjoy this, right? Let's look at it. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25, it says, Therefore I say unto you, do not worry. Can I get an amen? Don't worry. This whole chapter is talking about the kingdom, and the primary thing in this is don't worry. Gas prices are high. Don't worry. Food prices are high. Don't worry. There, I mean, there's no worry in the kingdom. The kingdom ain't scared. The kingdom's not been shaken at all. Not, not at all. In fact, the kingdom's ready to be revealed. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that that which cannot be shaken may remain. That's you in the kingdom. There's one thing on this pulpit that was glued down, and I told you to guess. All you'd have to do is shake it, and whatever didn't move, that's what you would know was glued down. So in the times that we're living in, everything's shaking right now. It's a good thing. Because you know what's going to happen? People are going to be shaken right into the kingdom. Because the government's not going to have the answers. Man-made religion's not going to have the answers. The kingdom's going to have the answers. I'm not talking about an individual or even a church. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. So there's a great opportunity for salvation in the times that we're living in. But it says, therefore I say it to you, don't worry. 
So don't worry. Can I get an amen? You're in the kingdom. Relax. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body or what you shall put on. I'm going to read all of this and get to the last verse and then we'll work through it. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What about the gas prices? What about this? What shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. Look, this is where rubber meets the road. There's a separation that's going to happen. There are people who are scared seeking the stuff. Don't seek the stuff. Seek the kingdom. Seek the king. Make your priorities different. Let the kingdom be your number one priority. And then what happens is the stuff seeks you. And you get it all but it's in its proper place. See, if money's the number one thing in your life, it's real hard to serve God. If money is the number one thing in your life and it's the most important thing in your life, it's difficult to serve God. Because how many know God does not share the throne well? If you'll notice with God, He doesn't play well with idols. What happened when the Ark of the Covenant went into the house of Dagon? Dagon bowed down. They set Him back up. Next morning they come in, he lost his hands and his head. God don't play well with idols, right? And the number one idol in the world is really money. That's the number one God, man. That's the number one they ever, ever be, how many, and the love of it's the root of all evil. And so like in this passage, it's saying, don't be afraid and don't make money your number one priority. Make me your number one priority. Seek me first. And I'll give you all the stuff. But when I, get, when I give you the stuff, the stuff won't own you. And when I tell you to give the stuff to help people, you, your heart's not going to be wrapped up in the stuff, and you can obey me, and I'll just keep giving you more stuff because your eyes will be on me. How I mean, you know, God is, God is so not sweating stuff. Peter was like, well, how are we going to pay our taxes? Jesus was like, ah, go fishing. Pull up a fish, gold coin in the mouth. God's like, like, in our minds, we've been taught how to understand a concept of lack. There's no lack in heaven. There's no concept of lack. God's a creator, right? You know, and then, you know, we see the time when, the, um, when the, everybody's hungry and nobody has enough food. And, you know, there, there's, you know, the 5,000 people are there and the women and the children. And they have one meal of fish and loaves. And they're scared, and they're worried, and their eyes are on the lack. I mean, you know, Jesus, representing the kingdom, was not nervous. He said, bring it to me. And he spoke over it. And it just increased and increased and increased. It fed everybody. 
And then there was plenty to share with the people that weren't even there. Twelve basketfuls left over. What if God does miracles like that right now? What if that starts to happen in your neighborhood? What if you invite people over for a Bible study or a meal or something like that? What if people are struggling to eat and God multiplies what you have? So that you can feed them. But so more importantly, you can get their eyes off of the lack and get their eyes onto Jesus. I'm telling you, we're, we're, we're living in the, the days of miraculous things. Signs and wonders and miracles. How many of the early church started with signs and wonders and miracles? And how many of the, the, that the latter house is going to be greater than the former? God's going to do amazing things. That's the only way these people are going to get won over to Jesus. You can't argue these deceived people into the kingdom. Have you tried? I have. You know what they do? Their, their lies are so, so much a part of the way they see the world that any concept of Jesus or Christianity is immediately just totally and completely looked down upon and made fun of. It's, it's a well-versed lie that's been presented to them. You're not going to argue those people into the kingdom. They're going to have to experience the kingdom through your life. Righteousness, peace, and joy, the love of God. God doing amazing things. God doing miraculous things. How I many of the kingdom was always a display of power? And one of the powers of the kingdom is it'll multiply stuff. And so... We go on and he says, he said, for all, the, all these things the Gentiles seek after, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. God's not like saying, ah, don't, you know, you don't need money, you don't need food, you don't need clothes. How many of you, he never says that? How many of you, know, you need money to function on earth? You do. How many of you, know, you need food to function on earth? You need clothes to function on earth, right? You need stuff. So he never said the stuff was bad. He said the focus on the stuff is bad. How I many know we shouldn't be like the other people? We shouldn't be like the Gentiles. We shouldn't be worried. We shouldn't be worried about gas prices. We shouldn't be worried. If we're worried, we are more conscious of this world's kingdom than God's kingdom. And if you've been worried, it's okay. How I many know oh, God still loves you? It says, fear not, little flock. It's my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. But how I many know oh, it's time to change what you're looking at? And get your attention and your focus back on the Lord. Amen? Dude, if you listen to news all the time, you're going to be wigged out. I mean, they, that stuff is designed to freak you out. And anything that you hear, it's, it's all been filtered through an attempt to manipulate you. Nobody really has any idea what's actually happening right now. Because every form of information, this is the information age, every form of information that's come to you has been spinned by hundreds of people before it got to you for the purpose of manipulating you. And I'm not trying to turn you into a conspiracy theorist or anything like that. I'm not trying to do that. But what I am trying to say is like, your Bible is truer than what you're seeing on the TV right now. And then maybe it wasn't always like that. Maybe things weren't as bad as they are now. But things are bad now. And, and there's a, a tremendous amount of deception, but... Your strength is going to be drawn from the Word of God. Listen to me. If you take some time and read the Bible, it will change your life. 
And sometimes what happens is we get flown in Christianity so long that like we know the scriptures. The memory of pizza has never fed you. You can have a head knowledge of something, but it doesn't mean you're eating it. I would encourage you to just open the scriptures and sit down and read it or listen to it on audio. Why? It'll feed you. It'll feed you. You're going to be happier. I don't even care if you don't even understand what you're reading. You don't have to understand what you're reading. There's, it's, a it's a supernatural thing. It's a living word. Feed on the scriptures. And what it'll do is it'll divide between soul and spirit. It'll give you clarity on what thoughts are yours, what thoughts are the enemy's, and where your spirit is in all of these things. So don't forsake the eating of the bread. How many of you know it's easy to do? This stupid phone. It's always demanding our attention. I have a love-hate relationship with the phone. I love it because, I mean, like, we got all kinds of people watching online. They're connected through social media. I have all kinds of people. A lot of you I probably even met as a result of social media. I'm thankful for these things. But this stupid phone, if you're not careful, it'll try to live your life for you. I'm telling you, it'll just be, this is your life. Just little tiny videos for hours. It's addictive. But how many know you never walk away from time with your phone <laughs> and feel better? Unless you were feeling it full of like the word or preaching or whatever. Like it's, it can't feed you. But how many know it's addictive? Just like a Twinkie or a potato chip, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, what is it? Now, I would count bacon as something good. <laughs> bacon is meat, and therefore, bacon is good. So, I mean, anyway, praise God. Bacon, yeah, don't be dogging bacon now. Come on now. Just kidding. But, like, you, we need to be fed, man. And, and, like, and, and the Word will help us to stay connected to the kingdom. And so, final scripture, it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness... And all these things will be added unto you. All these things will be added unto you. All we got to do is get our priorities right. Get our focus right. How do you know your focus is wrong? Listen to me. If you're worried. If you're worried, you got to realign your focus. Because there's no worry in the kingdom. How I many of that's the primary thing that was said throughout this passage? Don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about this. The Gentiles worry about this stuff. I mean, we shouldn't have the same mindset as the unbelievers. We shouldn't have the same mindset of those that are not born again. And what, what is the primary mindset of the unbeliever? Worry. I mean, they're freaked out. They're scared that, you know, we're going to... Do, they're so worried. They, they, we, they, they think we have way more... We can't destroy the earth. God's not going to let us destroy the earth. No, it's His earth, man. Anyway, don't get me started on that, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So what is the kingdom? Righteousness, peace, and joy, right? And so listen, when you're in condemnation, you're going to be worried because you're going to think, man, is God really for me? 
Is God really going to help me with this? Is God going to help me meet this need? Is God going to help me with gas? Is God going to help me with food? That's the primary attack. The primary attack is, was the cross a success? And see, we can, we can see that the cross is a success for the world, but is the cross a success for you as an individual, for Bambi, for Connie, for, for you individually? It, so if it was, then that means that you're right with God. And if you're right with God, you don't have to be worried. What would make you think that you weren't right with God? What brings condemnation? Self-focus, guilt, behavior. So if you're looking at, at you to determine whether you're right with God, you are, you are, you're, not do, you're, not, you're not doing it the right way. I mean, you've got to look at Jesus to determine if you're right with God. Now listen to me, okay? I'm not saying your behavior isn't important, okay? How many know if you do dumb stuff, you're going to get dumb results? How many know God is not advocating sin? How many know God does not want you to sin? God does not want sin dominating your life. How many know God hates sin? How many know God hates evil? How many know God's plan is to get so much of his love to you that it flows through you, and then sin becomes something that no longer dominates you? Can I get an Amen. And as sin doesn't dominate you and as love dominates you, how many of people see the kingdom in you? They see love in you and kindness and peace. They see Jesus in you. Can I get an amen? amen. I'm encouraging your behavior is important in, in many different ways, but your behavior has nothing to do with your salvation. Nothing. How can the thief get saved? He did nothing. He was crucified thief. But he did the only thing, not the only thing, but the one thing, the primary thing that matters to God, believe in my son. That's what I want from you. Just believe in my son. So if you bring your behavior over into this concept of whether you're right with God or not, the devil is always going to talk you out of having peace. If you bring that paradigm over and you start thinking like that, how many of you know there's always going to be one thing you've, you're not good enough at? So there's going to be one area. At least, yeah, there's tons of areas. Oh, but what about, you thought that? Oh, 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 he's a prosecuting attorney. If he can get you to stare at you, then you're never going to operate in the kingdom. You're not called to, to stare at you. I mean, I didn't come here today to talk about you. I mean, I didn't come here today to talk about me. I came here today to talk about Jesus. That's the difference. We didn't come here to inspect ourselves. We came in to inspect the Lamb of God. And hey, He is without spot. He is blemishless. He's beautiful. So seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all. How many of it does it say in your righteousness? Does it say, that, how many of the Bible says that man's righteousness is filthy rags? So when condemnation is present, Doubt will be present because your attention will no longer be on, on God. It will be on you. And you'll think, is God going to answer my prayer? And then when you have something bad happen in your life, because how many of y'all bad, I mean, how many of y'all, this world stinks. It's a fallen world. But then when something bad happens, it's like, oh, see, God doesn't like you. See, God's against you. See, that happened because how many of the enemy will use a tragedy 
to try to take a, a just a massive nail of condemnation, just nail it into your heart. Something bad happened to you because we live in a fallen world. It's not, it wasn't your fault and it wasn't God's fault, it's the devil's fault. So when something bad happens, don't allow the enemy to use that to condemn you. How the, I mean, the enemy will use anything he can to condemn you. Because when your heart condemns you, you will not have confidence towards God. Amen? <clears throat> and so, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. How do you seek the kingdom? How do you seek his righteousness? You recognize that you're right with God. How, and, what, and what does that entail? That means you got to say it. Righteousness, which is the faith, speaks. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Every day of your life, you should say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We do it as a family before we go to bed. Every night. Why? Because I want in my I want to be more aware of the fact that I'm right with God than anything else. Because if I know that I'm right with God, I have peace. I have joy. Are y'all tracking me here? I know that I'm in the kingdom. I know God hears my prayers. See, your rightness with God is not something that is born of you. It's something that's born of Him. But in this, in this, this place of the kingdom, there's abundance. How I many of the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and adds no sorrow with it? How I many know that God wants to supply all of your needs according to His riches? See, God doesn't want to just supply your needs. He wants to supply other people's needs through your life. He wants you to help people. Can I get an amen? And you may be sitting here, and you, and you may not be in the place where you're really meeting your needs, and you're crunched, you know, dealing with you know, something financially or dealing with something that's going on in your life, and you're thinking, man, I, how can I meet somebody else's needs? I'm just trying to meet my own needs. And I understand that. I've been there many times. But God wants to get you out of that, and he wants you to not be just focused on you. The, 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 the greatest misery, you know what sets the stage for misery? Self-focus. If you are the number one thing in your life and the most important thing in your life, you're not going to be happy. You won't. I don't care what you have. Because you weren't created to be selfish. How many of you were created to give, to help, to bless, to love? Can't get an amen. And so if you have a period of your life where you're starting to be unhappy, I think, you know, number one, you got to check condemnation. But number two, you might just be, how I many you know fear makes you live just for you? Fear puts you in a survival mode. Fear is like, oh, crap, you know, there's not enough. How I many of you know fear is what caused people to buy all the daggone toilet paper? All these people crazy and afraid, trying to buy all the toilet paper. Then people still got that toilet paper, you know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. But, praise God, fear makes people do crazy stuff. But worry and anxiety... And fear, that's not in the kingdom. Amen? And so, like, if you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you're right with God, man, and you don't have to be afraid. And God wants to bring abundance into your life. God wants to supply your needs. God wants to take care of you, you know? Because He loves you. One more place and we close. I got one minute. Jeremiah 17. It says... Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, 
whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. How many of you have a supply other than what the world has? How many of you this is describing a tree that's planted by the river? How many of you a tree that's planted by the river is not concerned about rain? Because it's, its primary dependence isn't rain. Its primary dependence is the river. The, the tree that's planted by the river has a source. How I many you know you have a source in the kingdom other than what this world has? So like when other people's businesses are going down, when other things are happening to people in the world, how I many you know it's not supposed to happen to you? Can I get an amen? God has a, a blessing on your life. God has a protection on your life. God wants to bless you. Now, he wants to bless you so that not, I mean, not only because he loves you, but how many of you wants to love people through you? He wants to bring help through you. Amen? And, uh, and man, it's just, I don't know, it's just cool. It's just awesome <clears throat> because we don't have to be afraid. We can live in the kingdom. Amen? Amen. So that's, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm going to shut up um, and that's all I'm going to talk about today. But, but I just, I want you to know, like, this isn't just a church service. This is a way of life. Like, I'm telling you, man, this, there, there's some answers here that will just, oh, you get rooted and grounded in this, and you don't have to live afraid. Amen? You can live with that blessing upon your life. Amen? All right, cool. I feel like I'm done. Father, I just, we thank you and praise you for this time together. And Lord, I just, I thank you that you help us to operate in the kingdom. Lord, I just thank you that we're, that you help us to learn how to do this. And Lord, you, you, you just, I just thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I forgot a, a scripture. I'm going to read it to you real quick. 